It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. All right, everybody, we are back on the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. I trust everybody has had a good week, and um, uh, we're looking forward to this episode uh, Chris actually came up with the idea for this one, so um, if it uh, if it's not good, you can blame it on him. But uh, before we get started, I do want to ask you to follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed, like our Facebook page, Digital Killed the Radio Star, and find us on Instagram at Digital Killed the Radio Star. And uh, feel free to leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Uh, that would greatly help us. Chris, it's been a couple of weeks since we've talked. How are things? They're good. Just um. As always, just trying to check out new music, and I don't know, man. I'm I'm, I'm excited about this topic. I uh, I don't know. It, it interest it would interest me as a listener. So I I hope it entertains people. I think it will. Well, we are recording this on Friday night. What is this? The August the second, and uh, I guess uh, next week we leave for the uh, Nashville Rockin' Pod. It's going to actually take place. Uh, on the 10th with the pre-party on the 9th and we have um, hopefully we're going to get three or four really good interviews for you there and then um, also we have kind of taken a little bit of a new approach to some things we're going to start trying to go more for interviews and maybe have a a, a fewer of these uh, topic episodes which we'll still do those but uh, if you're a fan of hard rock and, and metal, the next four or five weeks are probably going to be for you. And then after that, um, we're going to try to diversify a little bit more for a while and uh, go with some of our other musical interests. But we'll get back to the hard rock and metal stuff at some point as well. But uh, we we have a, a special guest lined up for our 100th episode, which will be we still have a couple episodes to get to that, but it's uh, it's it's somebody from a band that you will all know, and somebody honestly doesn't do a lot of interviews, so uh, we do have that lined up. I'm not going to give that away, uh, but you'll hear that at some point. But uh, Chris, we're a week out. We get to hang out with our buddies from uh, Potter Than Hell and Growing Up Rock and and all those guys. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. And you know, before we talk a little bit about that, let me just say too, if if people out there. As we say, we're trying to do more interviews. One thought just kind of popped into my head as you're doing this. I'm, I'm no, in no ways trying to put ourselves in even the same universe, like Howard Stern. But as he's gotten to more interviews, his show really sucks. 
I don't think that's going to happen with us. But if you don't like the interview style, um, I mean, we're 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 always open to any kind of advice, ways to make us better. Uh, but I think you know, you may, it may not be maybe not every artist we bring up is going to be for you, but because we are such diverse music fans, I think we will at least from time to time find somebody that you appreciate. At least that's the hope. But um, I, I'm sorry, I just want to get that out. But yeah, Rock and Pod. Looking forward to it. Look, really looking forward to seeing the Potter guys. I mean, those guys have—it's uh, crazy. We've hung out with them what only two times. I mean, ex- extended periods, but only two times. And they're good friends. And we don't get to see them but once a year. So interviews aside, meeting people aside, it's just good to hang out with them. Yeah, it is. And our buddy Caton will be with us. Uh, you've heard him on five or six episodes. So he's going to be with us. And uh, he. Uh, there may be even an interview or two where I sit back and let Chris and Caton uh, take over. So we'll just see what happens. That day is usually kind of wild. So we'll just see um, what happens. Chris, well, today uh, our buddy Todd Pull and Roxy Blue released uh, their third song and i released a video uh was it rockstar junkie yes yeah it's a pretty cool video i know they shot some of it at the uh when they opened for warrant but um another good song uh kind of heavy song uh great chorus by todd and that album will be out next friday so if if that's your thing man get online and order it uh buy the physical copy of it and uh i think they're even selling some autograph cds but we hope to uh um we hope to see Todd at Rockin' Pod um, and uh, bump into him for a few minutes. It's always good to talk to him. Yeah, well, Todd's a, Todd's our friend, so we're. I mean, even I mean, first of all, we're first and foremost we're we're fans of the band, and we're so and he's our friend too. So we're always going to promote him. So if you if you've noticed a trend, we're talking about him a lot. I mean, sorry, like I said, he's our buddy. We like his music, so we're 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 not done, but. Um, yeah, I, I like the song. Uh, I'll tell you, too, what I really liked about it was was uh, Jeff playing. That solo, I thought, really ripped. And not that I didn't think he was a good player before, but it was just kind of, I don't know. He, did, he, didn't, he didn't showcase his skills as much. And it wasn't that I ever doubted he had them. But on this solo, I thought, I thought it was really good. And the reason why I bring that up is everybody knows with Roxy that Sid was such a great player, and you know you don't want to bring somebody in that's just, just a total slouch, and that's certainly not what Jeff is. So that was that's one of my favorite parts of the song. It's just the uh, I thought it was a killer solo. That's just that's my opinion because that's the first time I've heard the song in its entirety. We've heard a bunch of samples of it, but yeah, I, re- I really like that. I thought it was a cool song. And one other thing that I that I noticed and I, I started thinking about, and, and uh, David, maybe maybe you can give a little bit more insight to this, but they put out two really professional MTV quality videos. And maybe I'm just not paying attention. Maybe I just follow Roxy more, but is Frontiers doing that for a lot of bands? Or is that just something that Roxy's doing? Honestly, don't know. Yeah, it just seems like they're doing more, and I I love that. I mean, it, it feels like we're in the MTV days again. Yeah, yeah. And those are those two videos are good and very professional looking. Yeah, well, okay, so you said you don't really have anything 
before we started this, you said you don't really have a lot to talk about. I've got just a couple things. Um, first one being, there is a new album out from a band that's kind of a kind of a popish punk band, I guess you would say, and they've been around for a while. But they're they're called the Dolly Rots, and anybody that listens to us knows that I'm a big fan of Little Steven's Underground Garage on Sirius XM. If it's not my favorite station, it's got to be my. It's got to be in the top two. And Little Steven has put out a, you know, he has a record label called Wicked Cool. And if you, uh, you if you listen to us regularly, you probably heard that we recently did an interview with with uh, Ryan Hamilton and the Harlequin Ghost, which I've said is a contender for my album of the year. Well, the Dolly Rots are also in contention for album of the year. Like I said, they've been around for a while. But this new album, it's called Daydream Explosion. And if you just like kind of, I mean, it, it, I don't know, it's kind of like a, a throwback to the late 90s. The and, But also throw, the late 90s pop punk era, but throw in a little, a little bit of the, the garage sound, the, I mean, which is what Little Stevens is known for. And I just, I don't know, there's something, I just, I just love, love, love this record. Um, the first three cuts in particular, Animal, Everything, and In Your Face, are just amazing. Um, and then, the last one's on Earth, I, I really like the, uh, I like that song, I like the background vocals, it's a husband and wife duo that have, I think they're out of Florida, they, they've been, like I said, they've been together making records for a long time, but... I highly recommend these guys. They're they're really, really, really good, and and then the, the last thing I'll say about them is too, just kind of, worth I mentioned, we could pull records. We talked we've talked about Frontiers before and what they're doing for kind of these '80s bands. You know, just uh, being a smaller label, I think they're doing some really great stuff. Well, Wicked Cool Records. It's becoming one of my absolute favorite record record labels because I've mentioned Ryan Hamilton and the Harlequin Ghost. Now this latest one, the latest one from the Dolly Rots, which I believe is their debut record for uh, Wicked Cool. They've got one coming out from Jesse Mallon, who I'm a huge fan of. You know, he's the the singer of Degeneration. I think that's coming out in the fall, and not to mention Little Steven, his own records are coming out on it. Uh, Michael DeBar, just Really, really, really cool record label. So, David, I'm 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 talking endlessly. I don't know if you have anything to say. No, go check those out. Um, that Ryan Hamilton album is really good, and we enjoyed having him on here. And and, and then the, the final one I'll mention, just because I've got a I've got a weird David out a little bit because it's kind of protocol at this point. But um, a band I've kind of been delayed on checking out. It's weird. This weird little story. I'll try to make it brief, but when I first discovered Death Heaven, who I've talked about a lot on this podcast, I had um, was in communication with Casey Elward, who is from Asheville. We've talked about a band, uh, a guy we've interviewed, a band we've talked about a lot, and I'd asked him, like, man, uh, they had blown me away, Death Heaven. I was like, what other American black metal bands would you recommend? And he's the one who suggested Panopticon, which is another band I've talked about. 
another one he talked about was wolves in wolves in the throne room, and I never gave it much of a chance. And I I saw a picture. I I actually tried listen. Oddly enough, I started listening to them about a couple of days, two three days ago. I thought you know I'm gonna try them out again, and didn't really hit me. And then two days, just like I said, two three days later, I see an old picture of the Gaslight Anthem. And I can't think of his name, but the the guitarist of the band, he has on a Wolf in the Throne T-shirt. I was like, all right, I'm going to try again. And, um, yeah, I probably listened to about two or three hours of Wolf in the Throne Room today. So American black metal um, out of uh, Olympia, Washington. They don't do all that silly corpse paint. They don't do the, it's not all, you know, Hail Satan and nihilism and all that. So, I mean, if you like kind of the stuff that I've mentioned, like the Panopticons, uh, the Death Heavens, you might want to give them a, a shot. I mean, very atmospheric, um, super, super long songs. And I know I've just weirded David out, so I'm going to stop. You don't shock me anymore. <laughs> All right, now that we've got that out of the way. You don't, you, you don't, you never shock me anymore. <laughs> so, so, I mean, if we were doing this like a year ago, you'd probably be thinking... What is he talking about? Now you're like, okay, that's normal. Yeah, I don't want to listen to it, but that's normal. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, I, one one day we're gonna come on here and you're like, man, I started listening to this new band. It's basically a black metal version of Liberace. <laughs> hey, you know what? And, and the funny thing is, I texted buddy. I, I've talked about this guy before. I said I have a coworker who's really into extreme metal. And I asked him if he heard of Wolves in the Throne Room. And, and he said no. And I said, well, I said, it's an American black metal band. I said, but it's not like, I said, they're more in the traditional sense. I said, it's not like the normal stuff I send you, like black metal with banjos and black metal with, with uh, shoegaze. <laughs> so it's like more straightforward. And then, and now I'm really rambling, but I was telling him, same guy, I was telling him about, Phil Anselmo just released a 7-inch uh, for his new project in minor. And I'd heard that this was going to be more 80s goth influenced. And I heard the song, and it sounds more like, the new song sounds more like Suicide Note off the of Trend Kill. It, it, it's cool, but I don't really hear the 80s goth. And so my buddy, was, I told him that I was kind of disappointed by it. He's like, yeah, that doesn't sound like it's for me. And I said, you know, I, too, find it hilarious that I was just asking you about American black metal, and now I'm talking about my disappointment that the singer from Pantera, his new project, isn't, an, isn't Bauhaus-influenced enough. So, <laughs> uh, Never know what you're going to talk about. I know. <laughs> All right, so our um, topic this week Chris came up with, and... It's uh, our top 10 albums of the last 10 years. Now, we both agreed to go back to 2009 to make it an actual actual 10 years and not just this decade. And I had a real, real hard time doing this. Um, I think because it's just so many albums to try to choose from. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, I just decided, I know there's going to be stuff I'm going to forget. I'm going to leave off. So I'm going to go, my methodology was I'm going to go with 10 albums that 
either changed my musical taste or introduced me to a particular genre that maybe I didn't spend a lot of time with. And um, I posted on social media the other day, what are some of your favorite albums of the last 10 years? And inevitably there was 10 or 15 that people mentioned that, oh yeah, I forgot about that, forgot about that. But I decided to stick with um, uh, the ones that, um, that, that I went with just for that reason that uh, they were kind of a game changer for me. And so that's kind of what I went with. Chris, was, was yours just strictly your favorite 10? Yeah, they're the ones that popped in my mind. Uh, you know, the first ones that popped in my mind. And I, I will say the first six or seven were not that difficult. And I, I won't tell you which albums those are. Because we're not, I, I, at least I'm not doing this in any kind of ranking. Me either. I'm, I'm going to go through mine in chronological. And I, when I say chronological, by year. I'm not going by the exact release date. I'm not going by January, February of 2009. But I'm going by the year. And... My, like I said, six or seven of them were pretty easy. And like you, David, I saw some comments and I thought, yeah, those those are really good. I, I um, a couple that, that stood out to me beforehand, and and I and I'm sorry, any of you listeners that I, I can't, uh, I I didn't write down who said what. I, I'd give you credit, but I I didn't write it down, so my apologies. But somebody put down um. Isbell Southeastern, and, and, and then we've talked about Isbell to where I said that I'm not a huge fan. I, I don't hate him. I don't love him. But I, but I do agree that's a really, really great record. Uh, I thought that was a good choice. Um, I, I tell everybody that Social Distortion is my favorite band, and they're, they're um, spoiler alert, they're not going to make my top ten on this, but somebody picked Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes, and I was like, Damn. That's a good pick, and I and I had to actually consider <coughs> that. Um, another one that I love is somebody picked Brian Fallon, Painkillers, and it's like, wow, again, another one that could almost make my list. So, good choices on there. Um, so I appreciate the feedback, and uh, hopefully, we have something in there that you guys like. So, how are we going to do this, David? Why don't you came up with the idea? Why don't you do the honors? All right, like I said, I'm going to go in chronological. And i tell you what, David, let's, let's do this. Sometimes we have overlap, and I know you have one album in overlap. Let's not even talk about when I name it. You don't even have to tell me that it's your album. Just bring it up again and tell me what your thoughts are about it. Okay. Because so, I want you to be able to talk about your 10 albums, and I'm talking about my 10, rather than me talk about 10 and you talk about 8 or 9. Okay. Let's just do it that way. So my first album I'm going to go with, is um, Chuck Reagan, Gold Country. And I'm, I'm going to tell just a quick little story about this. I, I knew of Hot Water Music. I knew of Chuck Reagan. I'd heard a little bit of, uh, in particular, hot, uh, hot Water Music, but I wasn't that familiar. And uh, a mutual friend of David and I, we went to, uh, we went to the Ryman in Nashville, Um Again, if anybody's kind of newer listening to us, I'm in Memphis. David is in Jackson, Mississippi. So uh, we made the road trip to, to Nashville, and we saw Social Distortion. And opening was uh, was was um, Chuck Reagan, and he had uh, John Gaunt, and I can't think of who else always plays for him. But they were doing a little trio on stage. And Shannon and I were both just thinking, man, this is really, really good. And 
anybody, I mean, people that know this mutual friend of ours, and I just said his name, I won't say it again, but he's a very giving person. And I remember we were both talking about it. He came walking back after going, getting probably about eight drinks and um, brought back this, uh, he brought it, he brought back a CD and gave it to me, Gold Country. He had bought a Siege of Copy. And so I listened to it on the drive home. I put it on on the drive home from Nashville. And I don't think this is an exaggeration. I think it may have been the only thing I listened to on a three-hour drive. And it's probably only about 40 minutes. And it was literally the only thing I listened to on the drive home. And I couldn't take it out on a player for weeks. And that was part of the criteria, I think, for me when I came up with this list is what albums could you not separate yourself from for a long period of time? And this one immediately popped in my mind. When I said there were six or seven, this was definitely one of them. It's, uh, if you're not familiar, uh, Hot Water Music is a, they're a punk borderline hardcore band. And uh, Chuck Reagan is one of the vocalists. And he put out this record that's really kind of an Americana record. And it's an Americana singer-songwriter with very gravelly punk vocals. And I feel like Chuck is one of the, this is my opinion, but I feel like he's one of the, one of the, the forefathers as, as far as kind of doing the, doing the punk rocker, I always say punk rocker turned folky. And I think he's kind of one of the forefathers. So I've talked a lot about this already. Um, I just say, check out Gold Country. If you've never heard it, listen, tracks I'd tell you to start with, Rotterdam, Done and Done, The Trench. Three tracks in a row. David, before I move on, I know I'm talking a lot tonight. Do you have anything? Um, yeah, I've listened to it before. It's not necessarily my cup of tea, but the the he has a unique voice, and once you hear him, you know um, you know it when you hear him. Uh, I probably honestly would, the hot water stuff that I've listened to, I would probably prefer it over this, but um, mm-hmm. knowing you and your taste, I know why you like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. He, I tell you what. So the person who mentioned um, social distortion. If you like that, you probably love. You, you probably like me. You probably love Mike Ness's gravelly vocals, or, or nasally, I should say. This guy's kind of Chuck Reagan's kind of a nasally gravelly sound. So, if you haven't heard Chuck Reagan, you haven't heard Hot Water Music. Check him out. Uh, next record I have is the Gaslight the Gaslight Anthem Fifty Nine Sound. And by the way, I said I was going chronological. Both of these are 2009. And I was fortunate enough to last summer see the, um, they did a, a little brief, maybe what, 15 shows worldwide of uh, touring the 59 sound. And, and they, they played it front to back. And, and I can't say enough about this album. It's one of my, it's, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. These guys we've talked about a lot on here, and I've said this before, I'll say it again in case you've never heard this. If you're not really familiar with, with the Gaslight Anthem, the best way I would the best way I would describe them, and David, you tell me if I'm real far off on this, but I think kind of like Springsteen meets the Clash. Yeah, I can see that. And 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 um Brian Fallon is an absolute Springsteen freak 
there there's even references to Springsteen on this album, but I don't know. I, I don't know what to say other than I think this album is absolutely perfect. Uh, if you if you check this out, if you haven't heard it before, listen to the title track, The 59 Sound, Miles Davis in the Pool, Casanova Baby, uh, Meet Me by the River's Edge, Here's Looking at You, Kid, The Backseat, and yeah, I'm naming almost every song on the album. But um, check that one out. Uh, I, I think you'll dig it, if you, especially if you're into the, the Springsteen singer-songwriter type. I think you'll really like this. Uh, the next one, it's my last one of 2009. It's a band called The Airborne Toxic Event. I um, Sometimes I think these guys were bigger than, have gotten bigger than they really are because it seems like most anybody I mention them to has never heard of them. And I, I don't know... I, I felt like they were a little bit more successful. So I say that because a lot of people listening to this may have never heard of them. But I'm going with their self-titled album from 2009. I think that um, we talk about, like I just talked about the Gaslight Anthem. And one thing we've talked about with Brian Fallon a lot, a singer of the Gaslight Anthem, is the way he emotes is just really second to none. I mean, you feel it, and it really absolutely punches you in the gut every word he says and i'm going to give a shout out to to rune our, our, our buddy in oslo i know he recently mentioned something about fallon and it, it literally is that way i mean he just hits you in the gut every time you hear him you believe every word he says and i think that's the same way when you listen to the airborne toxic event they're kind of in the wheelhouse of gaslight but a little bit of a modernized sound um, lyricism is just fantastic. Uh, again, this is one of my favorite albums, obviously, of the last 10. Uh, and when I think about the songs on this, uh, we were, Dave and I were talking about, you know, which, which songs really stood out of this top 10 albums of ours. And I said, you know, not only is this song I'm about to talk about one of my favorite off of these 10 records, well, not one of my, not only is it one of my, it's one of my, I'm saying this the wrong way, but it's one of my absolute favorite songs off these records. I would probably put, of the 10 that I'm going to name, I'd probably put it in my top five. And uh, it's a song called Sometime Around Midnight. And um, David, why don't you cue this, this one up for us? Let the listeners hear. That's when you lose yourself for a minute or two As you stand under the bar lights And the band plays some song about forgetting yourself for a while 
Putting the pianos, this melancholy soundtrack to her smile In that white dress she's wearing, you haven't seen her for a while But you know that she's watching She's laughing, she's turning, she's holding her tonic like a cross The room's suddenly spinning, she walks up and asks how you are So you can smell her perfume, you can see her lying naked in your arms And so there's a change in your emotions And all these memories come rushing like feral waves to your mind Of the curl of your bodies like two perfect circles entwined And you feel hopeless and homeless and lost in the haze of the wine
Uh, next record for me is um, a band also we've talked about before called Titus Andronicus. And these guys, I'm going to use the uh, Springsteen comparison again. I um, I think of them as kind of like a, uh, I think of them as kind of like the Springsteen meets. Maybe I'll throw the class in again, but with bright eyes because they really have that true, true indie sound. And this album was uh, released in 2010. It's called um, The Monitor, and it is a, I guess it's a, I guess you could call it a concept album. It's, it's loosely based on the Civil War. Uh, the Monitor was a ship, a Union battleship of the Civil War. And I uh, I just think this this album, it's, it's I don't know, it, it really has a storytelling feel to it. And I, I know the... The vocals at times, it may not be for everybody. It gets a little bit rough, but I love this record. It's one of my, it's, it, again, it's probably one of the ones I put in one of my favorite records of all time. I think we've talked about that before, but check that if you, if you want to give this one a shot, yeah, check out um, the first song, A More Perfect Union. Um, and I laugh when I say this title, but A Pot in Which to Piss. Four score and seven, and uh, David, you know we try to keep this podcast clean, but I got to say, lyrically, one of my favorite lines on this entire album is, "You ain't ever been a, a virgin kid; you are effed from the start." <laughs> I mean, I think that is just absolutely perfect. But uh, David, I know we're, we're naming albums that a lot of us, that each other are not super super familiar with so I don't, I don't know that you have a whole lot to add on this like i said i keep going through these so stop me if you have any insight on any of these that song uh some was it somewhere around midnight is that, is yeah that, that is a uh very 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 well written song uh, from and, and very well recorded song um i actually i thought that not I think that's one of the albums I listened to for one of our episodes. It uh, is, yeah, it is. we did. And I, and I'm sorry, David, I should have stopped right there. Um, no, it's fine. I um, a yeah, so that one, that song is great, and that's actually a, a, a pretty good album. Some of the other stuff I've listened to, and I didn't like as much. For the the stuff that I've heard off that one, if I was going to give it a try, that's the album I would go with. And I think that's fair and you know the the last record that they did was called dope machines and it's more electronic and you remember david when i told you when I, and i had already i knew that that was going to be one of the bands that i gave you to listen to and i initially said dope machines and then i switched it and i said go with the self-titled and that's how torn i am between these two albums the dope machines is a little bit more electronic and i thought that I mean, gun to my head, I'm probably going to pick the self-titled. And I knew if there were any chance, if there's any chance that you'd dig either one of these albums, it would be that one. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they're just, I think they're a great band. I mean, it's been a while now since I think that last record they put out was, I want, I'm not looking at it, but I want to say 14. So, Long, long time running. Um, I, I, I hope to hear some new music from those guys soon. So, 
the next one I want to talk about, David, and this was this is one that I don't this this uh, predates our podcast, and so you're probably not familiar with it at all. But it's a band. This this album was released in. Actually, I skipped. I'm going too far. Okay, I, got, I went a little bit ahead of myself. Let me step back. I'm going to go with the next album that I gave you. I told you the Airborne Toxic Event, the self the self title. And then the next one I gave you was American Aquarium, Burn, Flicker, Die. And so going in chronological order, I'm going to go with that one next, which was released in 2012. These guys, um, man, I, I've seen these guys so many times playing to uh, maybe 20 to 50 people over the years. And in the last, in about the last year and a half, they've, really really grown and i see they still don't have a huge following in memphis but the last time they did play here they had at least double the size that i've seen and this is just one of those bands like a like a lucero that just tours relentlessly and it's starting to pay dividends and this last record has uh really kind of made them blow up they're, uh, so American Aquarium, if you're not familiar, they're, I would still say they're a rock band, but they have a little bit of Americana, a little bit of a country sound to them. And the album that I'm talking about, 2012, Burn, Flicker, Die, it's absolutely my favorite one. I think that BJ Barham is just a truly gifted songwriter. Uh, I, this is, I mean, this is definitely his, I think this is the best work. I, I I don't think there's a bad track on this record. Starts out, you know, Cape Fear Rivers, the great great tune, St. Mary's, and and then you go into a title track, Burn, Flicker, Die, which is amazing. And Casualties is by far my favorite American Aquarium song. It's not even close. And these are guys. These are guys that fortunately hard work has paid off for them. They're, they're finally, I think, starting to see the dividends. And if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they, BJ Barb almost, almost gave up because it just wasn't working out. And, um, I'm glad he stuck to it. So, and, and again, David, I'll let you add in anything. I know this is one of the records I gave you. You know, <clears throat> I feel kind of biased against him sometimes just because of how he acts on online. <laughs> Oh, he's a dick. Uh, um, so that I may be a little biased on that. There, there. I've listened to the newest record, and uh, obviously, I listened to this one. There, there are moments on there where I get, I could really get into this, and then it takes a step back for uh, for me. Um, I think sometimes what bothers me is, I guess, kind of his cadence at times, but. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are certain songs that are just, I think, are just uh, their masterpieces. Like especially off that new album uh, that came mm-hmm. out, uh, there's some songs on there that are really, really good. So I'll admit, sometimes I get kind of, kind of biased against that. But you can't knock their hard work, and uh, they they do t- tour relentlessly, like you said, and you have to respect that. Um, and I think they were a band that if I got in on them on the ground floor, I would be all in on them. If that well, you makes know, any and, sense. And our, 
it does and and i'll and i'll tell you first of all a couple things um a another mutual, a mutual friend of ours has said that he and i understand where he's coming from he he hears i guess almost elements of the gaslight with him but and i get that i, I mean it, and that may sound a little bit crazy for somebody if they're just if they if they're familiar with both bands but American Aquarium has a little bit of twang. Gaslight has a little bit of punk. But I think the the, the root of the bands are kind of kind of somewhat similar. And I, I do understand what you're saying about him, but like I, I just I'm I'm a big fan of this band, and I think this was absolutely to me anyway their their best their absolute best record. So the next one I'll go to is the band I was starting to tell you that I don't think we've ever discussed. And this album came out in 2013. And it's a band called Palma Violet. And if you're listening and you didn't really make out what I said, it's P-A-L-M-A Violet. And they're out of the UK. I'm not sure what area. And... They put out two records. The second record, I'll say, is a little bit of a disappointment. I was so looking forward to it, and uh, kind of let me down. But you can tell when this record came out. I mean, these guys were, man, I bet you they weren't but about 20 years old when this came out. And it is, it's very raw. It's, um, and the reason I bring this up to you, David, as far as I don't think we've ever really discussed this, is because... There are elements of the Brit pop in it. It's got a little bit of kind of noisy elements, a little bit of, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but it's, it's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit noisy, kind of almost punkish in a way at times, but there are elements of a Brit pop, which I know you love. And I was fortunate enough to see them at a sold out show at the Bowery Ballroom in Manhattan. And and this makes me think of you, David. There was a guy, and he had, man, he had the most stereotypical British look I've ever seen. And he had a beady eyes t-shirt on. <laughs> and that's when you knew that this was truly a British band. But this album, the first one, the debut, again, is, is called 180. It is, to me, just phenomenal front to back the the first song which was a single the, the first and it first time i heard them on on xmu on sirius it's called best of friends it's just great great upbeat song song on it called uh last of the summer wine the last song 14 it's a cool cool record so that's one david if i if i were um if any of this stuff I'm going to name tonight that you maybe you haven't heard or haven't given enough time, that's one I would really recommend you check out. Yeah, you've piqued my interest. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, like I said, just young, snotty kids, you could tell, that were just up there, and man, they were full of energy. I mean, really, really good live band, and like I said, sold out at the Bowery Ballroom, and the crowd was so into it. I, I really thought I was seeing something in the beginning. I thought they were going to blow up. I really did. Uh, disappointing. I know that. 
I know that I, I still follow them on social media, and I know that two guys sang for him, and one of them has started a different band, which I haven't really, I haven't checked out yet, and I, and I need to as much as I love them. But this, and again, the second record, it wasn't. It was a disappointment, but it wasn't terrible. But this first one is awesome. So, yeah, definitely check that one out. My next one is um, a band we've talked about a lot on here, or I've talked a lot about on here, and that's uh, Death Heaven. You know, I talked about him at the beginning of this podcast, by the way. But this is... um, I almost hate saying this is American black metal because it's it's elements of black metal, it's elements of shoegaze, it's um, it's elements of just whatever it is, and and uh, that's the best way I can describe it. I, I I don't know. I think they do something truly truly unique. But 2013 Sunbather is. I mean, this album is this album has like really hit me in the gut more than any album has in a long time because what these guys do i just think is so so unique i, I mean i mentioned wolf in the wolf in the throne room i, I mentioned panopticon where they're doing a different style of black metal but what these guys do i said this several times before i'm going to say it again it, it's i listen to their music and i don't know what it, they will go from making me want to punch somebody in the face to just crawling up in a ball and laying down and crying. Um, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but if, you, if you've never heard them, listen to it, and you might feel what I'm saying. I, uh, songs I'd recommend to at least check out Dreamhouse and Sunbather, but honestly, the best way is to listen to First Cuts, Dreamhouse, Dreamhouse and uh, Irresistible and the Sunbather. Listen to those three in a row. And if that doesn't do it for you, don't listen to them again. David, I know you, these are these guys aren't for you. No, they're not. <clears throat> Mainly because of the vocals. Um, when they're not, you know, I don't even know what, you know, it's just like, it's, I don't know what, what you call it that they're doing, you know, it's not what, it's, what it Black sounds metal like. metal style vocals. Uh, but, like, there was a song on that new album, was it The Canary or something like that? Yeah, um, yellow canary. Yellow canary. That at times, it's, like you said, it's really, really beautiful. And if if the guy just actually sang instead of doing whatever it is he does, <laughs> I might be into it. But uh, my fa- my favorite quote was from uh, Potter than Hell when they were talking about it because they listened to it because you <laughs> oh, know and, and BC was just like I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. <laughs> I don't really know what it's. And he, and he was like the guy just going, wee, 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 wee. <laughs> you know. Is that what he did? I think it was something like that, yeah. And so, um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's not for me, but I'll I'll applaud them because they're original. Yeah, and I and I think that is like like I said, you listen to some of the other bands that are like the American black metal, or whatever, and they're doing things like I think Panopticon is truly doing something different too as well. But what? What Death Heaven does, nobody else is doing that. And the fact that they go from some of the most beautiful, emotional music you will hear into, what is that? (laughs) It's just, I don't know. I I love that about them. So, um, 
next one I have is um, my guy Dave Hawes. Dave Hawes is from a band, a punk band that's kind of in the vein of the Gaslight Anthem. They're called um, they're called the Loved Ones. And Dave Hawes, you know, he went solo. Um, he went solo after two. I think it was two full links with with the Loved Ones. And he did he did his first solo record, and then this, his second album was this one called Devour. And Devour came out in 2013. And, you know, a lot of guys, I don't feel like, get better as they get as they get older. You know, and especially once they go solo, they don't get better. And I'm going to go back to what somebody commented on, on your post, David. They said that artists, when they get, few artists, get better when they get sober. I'm not 100% sure that, that Hawes was completely sober at this point. I know he's sober now. But he continues... I wanted to at least say that, hey, there's another guy in addition to Isbell that continues to put out phenomenal music now that he's sober, and that's, and that's Dave Hawes. I mean, this guy... His music just blows me away, but nothing to me can compete with this album, 2013's Devour. I literally cannot name one track on here that I do not like. I think beginning to end, it is flawless, and this is a perfect, perfect record. And, I mean, I I go through this, and I, I look at the songs, and I... And I, I wanted to have one that we could play on this podcast. And I was going back and forth with David because, like, no, play this one. No, play that one. And I did that because it was so good. And, and even a buddy of mine that I work with, I told him about this record a few years ago. Or no, I'm sorry, a few months ago. And he texted me and he said, hey, I'm, I'm listening to that Dave Hawes record. And he's like, you know, the first couple of songs were really, really good, and I was shocked that it just kept getting better. And that's the way I feel when I listen to this record. And I've heard this so, so many times. It's still in constant rotation. So the song, David, I, I, I'd like for anybody that may not be familiar with Dave Hawes just to check out is, again, a song off of 2013's, uh, yeah, 2013's Devour. It's a song called Autism Vaccine Blues. Cue this one up, David.
again, I think you hear what I'm talking about on that. I hope you hear what I'm talking about on that one. If if that song did it for you, don't waste any more time. Go by Devour, and honestly, by every record that Dave Haas has put out, by his his uh, his, the, his band before this, the loved ones, buy those records. You absolutely will not be disappointed. I've uh, unfortunately never been able to catch this guy live, but I know in, uh, I believe it's September 26th, he's playing in Nashville, which is about a three-hour hike from Memphis, and he's opening for Bad Religion, so yeah, if something doesn't get in the way of that, something unforeseen, I will be there. David, I know you've checked out this record a little bit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's you know it's more of the singer songwriter stuff, which isn't always my thing. But um, I've listened to this one and then the one that came out, not his newest one, but the one before. What's that? Yeah, called? Bury Me in Philly. Yeah, bear, I bury think I probably like Bury Me in Philly better than this one. Um, and um, I think he's definitely worth checking out. I think um, he he I think he has kind of a broad appeal. Um, more so than like Death Heaven and stuff like that, um, you know. It has a it's has a little bit of a punk influence, but it's you know, it's a lot of singer songwriter. But it's not just him sitting around strumming an acoustic guitar. So I, I think um, I think he does have a little bit broader appeal. Yeah, I agree with that, and and that's why you know I and I wanted to pick a couple of songs that I wanted to share with people that I think that was more. I don't know. I, I wanted to pick songs that I thought more people had a chance of appreciating. I didn't want to pick, as far as the songs that were selected, I, I didn't want to pick a Death Heaven song, even though I think that you should check it out out of curiosity. But but um, Dave Hawes is one of those guys that uh, you know I, I think everybody should check out. Uh, two records left, um, Frightened Rabbit. I won't talk a whole lot about this because I talked about it on last week's podcast, but... This is uh, unique for me, uh, and that one is 2016, Painting of a Panic Attack. And the reason why I say it's unique is I only got into this album a, a few weeks ago. And so how could it make my top ten of the last ten? Simple. If you think about what I just said before we started going through these lists, my criteria is what album can you not part with? And this album did the same thing that Def Heaven Sunbather did. Same thing that the Gaslight's 59 sound did. Same thing that Dave Hawes' Devour did. I could not stop, and I still can't stop. And, I mean, I listened to it today in its entirety. And it's been for three or four weeks that I've listened to it almost every single day. And if that's not criteria for one of your favorite albums of the last ten, I really don't know what is. Um, Again, we talked about it last week, but... It's uh, it's a very indie type sound. It, it's not the happiest sound. Unfortunately, the um, the singer is is not with us anymore. So um, we won't get any more new music from these guys. But I am I've become familiar with all their records, and I think this last one they did, "Painting of a Panic Panic Attack," is their absolute masterpiece. Um, do yourself a favor, check these guys out. It. it if you think it sounded like, yeah, hipster indie shite, you're wrong. I mean, absolutely wrong. So uh, give these guys a shot. And then the last one, 
this was my 2017 album of the year. This is our first year David and I completed as a podcast. So my first top 10 of the year and Dream Car, their self-titled debut, won my album of the year. And again, another one I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because I've talked about this so much, but it's Davey Havoc of AFI and No Doubt minus uh, Gwen Stefani. It is a album that sounds like it could have been released in 1983. It is a modern new wave masterpiece. And I am so hoping that they will put out a new record. And that's all I'll say about them. David, that's my list, and I've talked too much. So that's a phenomenal, phenomenal album that I cannot recommend enough. I don't know anybody that's listened to it that doesn't enjoy it. So, yeah. Metalheads. Our metalhead friends love that album. Yeah. It's, it's really, really, really good. And I was blown away by how much I liked it. All right. So... Um, I think I introduced mine a little bit beforehand, but a lot of mine are going to be ones that turn me on to new people or uh, maybe some music that traditionally I probably wouldn't have gotten that into. So uh, let's see. My first one was our, my album of the year for my very first year, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, Who Built the Moon. Now, I'm a huge Oasis fan, and um, I think there's no denying that Noel Gallagher was – the main reason behind the success of, um, of Oasis. Uh, just look at his solo output versus Liam's and, and BDI. BDI was terrible and, and I don't enjoy Liam's stuff at all, but uh, this album was different from anything he's ever done. It was a little more electronic and normally I probably wouldn't be into all of that, but, um, uh, it works. And, you know, he for months had told people, if you're a fan of me and my music, just give me, um, give me some time with this and have an open mind and listen to it. Um, the title track who built the moon is great. Um, it's just, it's just not a bad song on there. And I wore this out when it came out. Like I said, it was my album of the year, the first year that we started the podcast. So Noel Gallagher's high flying birds who built the moon. Um, I highly, highly recommend that. Well, the- well, David, I just want to chime in too and say that, like my list, there are going to be a lot of albums that, that you like. Whereas you didn't, you're not super familiar with a lot of mine, and I'm not super familiar with a lot of yours. This is one I'm familiar with, and, and I remember when we did our top our top albums of 2017 that first year. I, once you named that as yours, I went back to it, and I'm after listening to it, I thought, well, damn, that could have made my top ten, and so. That's my. That's the best way I can say that this album's outstanding. It really is, and he's just a he's just a brilliant, brilliant musician. All right, my second album was my album of the year from last year. It's Carolina Confessions by the Marcus King Band. Now I saw Marcus King last year headline a show here, and it was man, it had to have been 120 degrees in there. It was sold out. It was packed. I don't know if I've ever seen. There's very rare times that I've seen somebody that's the total package like he is. He is a phenomenal guitar player, a great songwriter, has a voice that just, I don't know, it's its otherworldly. And 
I was I, I follow him on social media and, and all his platforms, and I forgot who he opened for this past weekend or whatever. But this lady posted on there. She said, "I've never heard of him. I went to the show. His music was so beautiful that I started crying during the uh, during his playing." Um, with this album, I think he has kind of hammered down what his style and his sound is going to be going forward, which is um, part Stax records. Uh, part um, rock in the vein of Government Mule, and um, they'll they'll occasionally extend a song out. I wouldn't call them a jam band by any stretch of the imagination, but they will jam on a few. But the song that really, really did it for me is Goodbye Carolina. Uh, they've been on like Conan playing it. I think they've been on Jimmy Kimmel. And just every time they play one of those shows, the host is just completely blown away by them. So the Marcus King Band, Carolina Confessions, they tour all the time, but I think they're taking a little time off. And he's only 22 years old, so um, he will uh, hopefully be around for a long time. My next album... Well, this one's recent, right? Yeah, it was last That's year. recent, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, song okay. Good, the song Goodbye Carolina will make the hair stand up on your arm. It is so good. Um, and he... I'm, I'm hoping since the, the he played in Chris Robinson's As the Crow Flies and the, the, he and Chris obviously get along well and now that the Chris Robinson Brotherhood is, has broken up or going on an indefinite hiatus whatever they want to call it and, and Chris has talked about doing a solo album I, I know I've, I've talked on my Black Crows podcast I would love for Chris to do a soul R&B and reggae album and if he was going to do that Marcus King is his guy so We'll see. If he does it, I hope they give me a little finder's fee for coming up with that. The third one is going to be the 59 Sound by the Gaslight Anthem. Now, Chris prodded me for years to listen to these guys. And I would listen to them, and honestly, it didn't do anything for me. And then when we were prepping to start our first podcast, um, I remember I, I was working. I was in my, my living room, and I was in my, my recliner, and I was typing on my computer. And this popped up on Spotify or something, so I put it on. I don't know what changed for me, but by the end of the end of the album, I was like, I get it. This is awesome. Now, I will tell you that a gun to my head, I probably slightly more prefer the handwritten album than this one. But this is the one that got me into them. It's their classic one um, it, for, I guess, for millennials or, or whatever generation that is. This is kind of one of the big albums for them. And, and there's not a bad song on it. Uh, there's just a few songs on handwritten that I really, really love. And so um, handwritten eh, probably is slightly, in my opinion, is I like it a little bit better. But you cannot go wrong with this one. For me. <laughs> well, hey, I am who I am. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, so I now own everything they have. I own all of Fallon's solo albums. I came very close to putting his album Sleepwalkers on my list. The only reason I didn't, it's got three or four songs in the middle that just don't do it for me, but the first four and the last three blow me away. Let, um, let's stay on that for just a moment because the fact that, and, and that's cool that you, you put that in such high regards, but the fact that you put that album above Painkillers, who another, like I said, another person on our, that, that commented on our social media put painkillers as one of his favorite 10 man that, that that blows me away i mean to each is their own 
Pat Painkiller's really top me. to bottom is stronger, but those song like those last three songs on Sleepwalkers, uh, Neptune, uh, Watson, and See You on the Other Side, along with like Etta James and like the first three songs. Etta James is amazing. I just love, and so. Um, I don't know. I just have have a little bit more of a connection with Sleepwalkers, but Painkillers, you can't go wrong with it either. Not a wrong answer. It just surprised me. All right. Now, my next one, whereas you go overseas for your death metal, I'm going overseas for my Pink Floyd prog rock. Hey, man, I know. I stay in America for my black metal. Yeah. Get that right. <laughs> um, that's right. It's a band called Airbag. Now, my buddy Kyle Noll, who comes on here and, and does some of those album podcasts with me that Chris doesn't like to do, he is a massive Pink Floyd fan. And Pink Floyd is one of my top three or four favorite bands of all time. And there's this guy named Bjorn Reese who started a website called Gilmoreish.com, where basically he's a musician and he goes into all the stuff that David Gilmore does playing guitar and tries to mimic it or whatever. And so he put out this out this band called together called Airbag. And they have an album called No Rights Removed that is the closest thing. It, it's it's Pink Floyd, but it's not a ripoff. It's not like Greta Van Fleet is with Led Zeppelin. It's it's sounds like Pink Floyd, but it's it's not Pink Floyd, if that makes any sense. There is a song on there that if you're if you're out there listening, just listen to this song all the way through. And if the second guitar solo does not make the hair stand up on your arm, you've got issues. You need to go see somebody. The song is called White Walls. Now, um, they I got some of their albums. They remastered them and put them on vinyl. And a couple of months ago, I had to have uh, kind of a, had some surgery done and was laid up for a couple of weeks. And I ordered these albums. Um, to have when I was recovering from my surgery because my buddy Kyle had recommended them so much. And if I put them on vinyl, I, it, it was going to be good for me to get up and walk around some. So I'm like, if I put the vinyl on every, you know, 14 or 15 minutes, I'll have to get up and, and flip it over. And I fell in love with this band. And my buddy Kyle and I were talking the other day. He was like, man, you would not quit texting me those two weeks you were off work about airbag. But they're just a, it's just beautiful, beautiful music recorded just a, in a great way and um, the guitar playing on is stellar so if you like pink floyd please try them out uh, they hardly ever tour in america they actually don't tour a whole lot in europe either but um what, what year no no rights removed probably came out in 15 or so and see i'm not familiar we we haven't talked about. I don't think we've ever talked about them before. So I, I think this was the first time when, when we were sharing on a list that I'd ever heard of Airbag. Yeah, if you go go listen to White Walls and crank your stereo up, and on that second guitar solo, it's just, it's man, it's it's David Gilmore like, and it is so it is so good. And I have a couple of their albums on vinyl. The other ones are kind of hard to find, but they are actually in the studio now and recording. Um, a new album. All right. Got to have some metal in there. Dystopia from Megadeth came out a couple years ago and blew my mind. And it really solidified Megadeth, me being a big Megadeth fan. I've talked on here before, I think, that I got into Megadeth late in life. Uh, it's probably four or five years ago. And um, just really immersed myself in Rust in Peace 
Countdown to Extinction, Euthanasia, and Cryptic, cryptic Writings, and then have gone back and, and gotten into the other stuff as well. But when the Super Collider album came out, I was really pumped that was going to be their first release since I became a big fan, and I was really disappointed in it. And they had, you know, another um, uh, drummer and, and lead guitar change. Uh, Chris Adler came in, and then Kiko came in on guitar, Chris Adler on drums. And this album blew me away, especially like the first five or six songs. It is so good, and it's really heavy. And the song "The Threat Is Real," "Dystopia," uh, are just—they're really good songs. I don't know anybody that's a metalhead that listened to this and disliked the album. I know you liked it as well, Chris, right? I did, and I was just about to tell you, like I—I I, I was probably in the Megadeth a, a good for for a period longer than you, and. For me, definitely the best record since the system has failed. And you know, system has failed. I was just—I had to look it up while you were talking. It was 2004. So, you know, when this album came out, I mean, we're talking 12 years. 12 years had gone by, and I mean, honestly, this record's probably better than the system has failed. But yeah, I mean, this one when I heard was just like wow they've come back and and i think about i think about when i think of the big four i think about what megadeth has done and what what anthrax has done about keeping things fresh and really coming out just really trying to do full-fledged thrash and it just it 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 makes you think man what metallica what are you doing but that that's that's for another time but no man, excellent choice, David. Great, great, great metal record. And I hope I don't jinx us here, but David Ellison is going to be at Rock and Pod, and we have put in to do an interview with him. That doesn't mean we're going to be granted that. But uh, if uh, if the dice roll our way, hopefully the next podcast we're going to have him on. I, I hope that happens. Um, hope I didn't just jinx us, but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna give it the old college try and try to get him. All right, so my next album is a comeback album for one of my favorite bands, Alice in Change, and the album is Black Gives Way to Blue. Anybody that's a music fan knows Lane Staley overdosed in 2002. Uh, one of the most, and it's a word that gets used like one of the most iconic voices of all time. And we talk about Brian Fallon being able to convey emotion. Lane Staley could do it just as well. Um, unfortunately, his demons got him he's kind of a tortured soul it seems like but they they got back together and um that william duvall was played with Cantrell's solo band and by the way Cantrell's al- uh, album degradation trip volume one and two it's awesome it's dark but it's awesome so they were going to play with um uh, a show on vh1 for heart called vh1 honors it was all about heart well, everybody knows that they're from Seattle, and that's where the, the Wilson sisters are from. Well, the Wilson sisters are just kind of like everybody's big sister. And th- they all get along, and they just really build up that Seattle scene. So, like, when Hart got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they played Barracuda with Jerry Cantrell on guitar, Chris Cornell on guitar, and Mike McCready on guitar. So, you know, several of the members of the big three or four there from, from grunge. But anyway, so they play on this thing for heart and William Duvall sings. And then they had Phil and Selmo come out and sing wood on it as well. And uh, the reaction to it was just great. And so they decided 
to go ahead with this. And, and replacing Lane Staley is just, you can't do it. But William Duvall has taken that, and I, I talked about it on our Alice in Change podcast with my buddy Kyle. He, he sings those Lane songs with reverence, and I don't think he tries to be Lane, and I think he's kind of won people. There are a lot of people, like, you can't call it Alice in Change, but he's won a lot of people over, and you don't hear much of the naysayers. So this was their, their comeback album. Now, the title track, Black Gives Way to Blue, is about Lane and Lane dying. And a really cool thing was they're recording the album. Elton John finds out about it, sends him a note that he's a huge Lane Staley fan. And so there's an alternate version of the title track, Black Gives Way to Blue, where Elton John is playing the guitar on it. And it's re- that's, that's really cool of, of Elton John to do that. And the, it's just a beautiful, sad song. But the song that I decided that... Um, I was going to play is the next to last song on the album is called Private Hell. Painted words 
So they came back with this album and just did what nobody thought they could do, and 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 that is and that is, you know, have a successful album and tour. It was very well received. The last the album after this, I think, was a step backwards. The one that just came out, Rainier Fog, it's better than that one. Um, I, I think right now this is kind of their masterpiece of the new lineup. And honestly, I would pro- I would put this ahead of Facelift. Um, I would um, I would put it right in that right below like Jar of Flies and stuff. It's just a it's a great album. If you have an open mind and listen to it, you're going to like it. And like I said, the song Private Hell is really really good. Keywords, David, open mind, and I'm guilty of that, and I admit it. I and I'm not even the the biggest most massive Allison Chains fan, but I really really dig the band. And I'm one of those guys who just sits back and in a very snobby way says, it's not lame. And so I'm not familiar. I'm, I'm honestly not familiar with their music, and I, and I need to be. I, I mean, I need to give it a try, but I've, I admit it. I've been kind of snobby about it. It's a, it's a great album. The, the, the big single off of it, Check Your Brain, man, that, that's You've heard that before in places. I'm sure it gets played a lot, but yeah, give it an, listen to it all the way through. Listen to that final song, "Black Gives Way to Blue," and it is really, it's really sad. It's a sad song, and I think this was 
kind of their way of saying goodbye to Lane because from what I understand, the music going forward, um, you know, wasn't going to necessarily be about him. And so, uh, you know, he's occupied a lot of space for them over the years. So that's uh, kind of a, a great goodbye to him. Um, all right, my next album is the one that came out this year, and it's by Rival Sons, and it's called Feral Roots. Now, Eddie Trunk has been really a big fan of, of Rival Sons and pushed them for a number of years. And I would get their albums, and it would always be three or four songs on there that I really liked, and then several that just really didn't do anything to me. Uh, their album before this, Hollow Bones, the song Hollow Bones Part 1, is is one of my favorite songs of the last 10 years. The scream that Jay Buchanan puts off at the end of the song is just is awesome. But So they went and toured the world, opened every show on Black Sabbath's uh, farewell tour, and came back and recorded an album called Feral Roots. And it's a very diverse album for them. Uh, sometimes some of the songs even almost have like a soul and R&B influence to it. And then you have your rockers and then kind of your mid-tempo stuff. Uh, it's in the running for my album of the year and I listened to an interview with him on Eddie Trunk's podcast and uh, he's just a neat guy and I'm actually going to see them. They're co-headlining a tour with um, Stone Temple Pilots and I'm going to see that in New Orleans in a couple months. So I'm looking forward to that but I'm probably going to talk more about this song on our, I mean this album on our albums of the year but Rival Sons, Feral Roots, uh, they've been around like 10 years but people still refer to them as you know the next generation of rock and um, I really, really like them, uh, and I highly recommend to anybody that's a fan of rock music. Well, I mean, that's impressive. They make your, I mean, your top ten of the last ten, and it's recently been released. So, you know, you haven't had a whole long time to live with it, and it's already in your top ten. So, yeah, that's impressive. All right, my next album was the Goodbye Final Album from R.E.M., and the album is called uh, Collapse Into Now. Now, we talked about this on one of our podcasts, Best Final Albums, and we both agreed that that was in this. When this album came out, I, I, I had just started dating my what was going to be my wife. And there were a couple of songs on there that she really loved. And so when we were driving somewhere or whatever, I always... You know, I, I'm known to dominate the, the radio dial. And so when I, whenever she tells me something that she likes, I always try to go back to it. And so there are a couple of songs, specifically the song Walk It Back. She loves that song. And the more I listen to this album, the more and more it grew on me. And it to me, it has, you know, elements of the out of time um, period. And then it has some of the elements from the uh, New Adventures in Hi-Fi and Monster um period there's some just straight up rock songs um and there's some you know beautiful beautiful ballads on there walk it back is a great song it happened today is a great song uh mine smell like honey just a a real full full ahead rocker but it makes me sad that they aren't gonna put out any more new music because this was a really solid album oh i mean we don't know for sure and you know, I, I do, I do kind of like the way that they just stepped away. To be honest, instead of like going back to putting out, you know, another reveal. Um, but yeah, I mean, the last two records of their career were good, and this was this album in particular was the best one since High Fi, and best one since High Fi, but in the vein of Out of Time. You're right, 
absolutely in the vein of Out of Time. And I love this record. It didn't make my top ten, but that doesn't mean I don't love it. I think it is a great, great record. And I wish more... I wish more REM fans gave it the shot because I think a lot of REM fans, and I'm thinking of one person in particular, but I think he kind of speaks for a lot of people. I wish more REM fans didn't give up on him because did you know they did you did you know they really broke up in '92? Uh -uh. REM, you know, according to our one friend, Uh you know, because he he doesn't he doesn't listen. I'm just got. I'm just catching that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were really about to tell me something real. <laughs> no. Uh, we we yeah, have a, we have a friend know, that won't acknowledge anything past 92. And, and the thing is, we've talked about this so much, you and I have. New Adventures in Hi-Fi is, and I don't remember where we, where we both had them ranked, in, in, but I know we both had them, like, had New Adventures right in the middle. That's pretty good. Considering how many albums they put out, and that was in what ninety six when it came out. Yeah, ninety seven. Okay, so it's really good that it's right in the middle. Um, I mean, I, I just like I said, I, I wish more people would would give. I think people gave up on them. Totally gave up on them after. If they didn't give up, they probably gave up on them after Monster. If they didn't give up on them after that, they definitely gave up after Up. And they missed out on Hi-Fi, and they missed out on Collapsing Down. And to be honest, they missed out on, uh, on geez, what's, what's Accelerate. the I'm thinking of? Accelerate, yes. That's a good record. Really good record. Yeah, that's a, that's a rock record. <laughs> yeah, and it's good. It's really good. All right, so my last two um, were heavily influenced by um, a podcast called Celebration Rock by Stephen Hyden. He is an author and a music nut. He wrote an, a book called Twilight of the Gods, which I know we have some friends that have read and really rave on it. He's going to be the author. He has. He's the. He's writing it. Steve Gorman of the Black Crows has an, a book coming out next month called Hard to Handle. And he helped write that with him. Anyway, he's just a great writer, and his podcast is really good. It's kind of like ours at times. Like, you know, he may do one on Pearl Jam and then turn around and do one on, uh, you know, The National or something like that. And, he, you know, he even, The Twilight of the Gods is about a book about our the classic rock stars dying. So, anyway, his music taste is kind of all over the place. But he has, he really pushed this band out of Philadelphia called The War on Drugs. And I think it was their second album came out called Slave Ambient. And I got it because of his recommendation. And there were a couple of songs on there I really liked. Then they had another album come out. And after that, I forget the name. I think it had Pressure in it, maybe. In the title, I don't quote me on that. And it was just like Slave Ambient. And uh, had a couple of songs I really liked. Well, then this album came out called A Deeper Understanding two years ago. And he just really talked about how... They, the band went in, they had a full budget, and they were really able to make a proper album. And it blew me away. And it's a little more electronic than I normally stuff I normally listen to, but um, I just love it. I keep going back to it. I listen to it a lot, particularly the song Pain. It's just a, it's a, it has a great guitar solo on it. 
And I bought, actually at Rockin' Pod last year, I bought it on vinyl. And it just sounds so good. I just love it. I'm really excited about what, they're, what they've got coming up next because this album did really well. I th- actually, I think it won a Grammy. It, 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 did, it just did really well. I know the record label is going to put more money behind them. And the guy that's kind of the, the architect of the band, he's just, um, um, he's just, he seems kind of almost like a mad scientist. But, and Kurt Vile was in the band originally, um, and he left, I think, after the first album. But a lot of you all know who Kurt Vile is. But anyway, The War on Drugs, A Deeper Understanding. Um, it's one of those ones, kind of like Noel Gallagher, listen to it with an open mind. Uh, it's just, it's really, really good. So you said Kurt Vile was in the band? Yeah, for the first album. And I think he's, okay. I, th- I think new, he, new, new information to me. I didn't yeah, know that. And I think he's, does some writing. Uh, it's his childhood friend, I think. Uh, and, and helps him out some. But anyway, so Kurt Vile was in that. And then the second band that Stephen really turned me on to was The National. Now, um, Chris and I actually saw the national open for REM on their farewell tour. And I think they were three or four albums into their career at that point. And I'll be honest with you. It bored, they bored me to death. I didn't like and them. I, and I was familiar. And I was familiar with them. Yeah. I, had, I actually had some of their albums. Yeah. So you were more familiar with them at the time and, uh, it, it just didn't do anything for me. And they released a couple albums since then. Well, Stephen Hyde just really pushes them. And so I had, He'd won me over on the war on drugs, and I was like, I've got to give the National a chance. They have a new album coming out. I'm going to just buy it and see how things go. And the album is called Sleep Well Beast. Now, the National is not something you listen to when you're just driving in your car. It's not good background music because to appreciate them, you really have to listen to them. It's a lot of layers, but you really have to look for them. And uh, Matt, the guy that's the lead singer, he has a real deep baritone voice that sometimes I can see how it, it it rubs people the wrong way, but they are great lyricists and songwriters in the album sleep. Well beast. When it came out, I really liked it a lot. It caused me to go back and start digging deeper into their catalog. But like I said, their music, you have to listen to it with such intent. You just can't go buy three or four of their albums at one time and then listen to them all and, and expect to, get it so you have to get one album at a time so that's what i've done um i've gone back and bought the boxer which a lot of people says thinks is their best album but sleep well beast is uh is the album that came out and the song that really kind of got me into them is a song called karen at the liquor store creature I get on the ground the second I see you you cannot command your love I wasn't a catch I wasn't a keeper I was walking around like I was the one who found dead John Sheva pain and glove so blame it on I see you in 
on the weekends Innocent skies above Current at the liquor store I can't wait to see you I'm walking around like I was the one Who found dead John Cheever In the house of love So blame it on me I really don't care It's a foregone conclusion It wasn't so bad I wasn't that sick Got taken by love I wasn't that quick A foregone conclusion It's gonna be different After tonight, you're gonna see me in a different light It's a foregone conclusion That song just, um, it, it's just, it's great. Starts out with a piano, which a lot of their stuff does, and then Matt comes in and sings. Um, the other side of the gym, the dark side of the gym is another good song on that album. Uh, the System Only Dreams and Technicolor is good. The Day I Die is a good song, but um, a band that I probably in the past wouldn't have appreciated the way that I do. And so thank you to Stephen Hyden for that. Um, really looking forward to that Steve Gorman book. But that's my list. Yeah, I mean, like like we have come to expect diversity on both ends, and that is what I wish everybody had that. I wish everybody had that appreciation for it, but don't limit yourself. There's so much great music out there, and and I hope that whatever we've named is whatever we've listed. Yeah, maybe it's going to make you check it out, and maybe you'll love it. I hope you do. Well, Chris, I've enjoyed this one. It was fun. Uh, it was kind of nerve-wracking coming up with my list, but it, it all shook out in the end, I think, like probably like it was supposed to. Hey, and you know what? I want to tell you one thing, too. This is strictly absolute coincidence. So it is 9.57, and I've, I've kept this in. 9.39, as you're talking about your records. No joke. Our buddy from Potter Than Hell sent me a text with a screenshot from iTunes of Dream Car after I confessed. 
and it said one of tonight's selections. That's really cool. So it's like now there is perfect timing, and that's what we and that's what we said. Our metal rock friends love this record, and you know that that's what's so cool about that album is that that is not a rock metal record. It's just a good album, but there's nothing nothing hard rock, rock about or metal it. Uh-huh. about it. Nothing, and yet. Our hard rock metal guys we referred that record to are like, yeah, it's good. And I will say, you and I are super, super diverse, but most of the people we talk to that are not as diverse, we could recommend them some random band and they would not go for it. But this band, like you said, everybody likes it. The album just makes me feel good when I listen to it. Yeah, it's good. But hey, a lot of selections. We gave you twenty albums. Hopefully, you have at least eighteen, you know, seventeen, eighteen that you haven't heard. Check them out. Hopefully, you find something you like. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this week. Chris and I will be packing our bags in a few days and heading to Nashville for Rockin' Pod, where I hope we get a plethora of good interviews for you. Keep your fingers crossed. Thank you all, as always, for listening. Uh, Take care, and we'll be back with you shortly.